New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? It's Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show, giving you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And listen, man, chill out, start the parade, deflate the floats. All right. Uh, the Knicks did not win the Summer League Championship, but we got all the way to the end to lose to the Portland Trail Blazers 85 to 77, led by Quentin Grimes who had 19 points, three assists. Miles McBride with 17 points, six rebounds, and Jericho Sims with 13 points and four rebounds. And we're gonna talk all about that. Um, the Summer League, our guys, and the latest in the Donovan Mitchell news. Before we even get into that, I'm gonna just introduce my guys real quick, okay? So first and foremost, you already know who it is. I call him the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. I mean, today I was expecting to celebrate a Knicks Summer League Championship, but, but unfortunately it didn't work out that way. So it is what it is. But I'm still proud of um, the young guys and the way they performed during the Summer League. <laughs> yeah, man. I, and, and, of course, let me introduce my guy, Lee Escobaro from Posting and Toasting. What's going on, Lee? What's going on, y'all? You know, these Knicks be nicking. When the Knicks be nicking and the Tibbs be tipping. <laughs> but Tibbs was sitting today, so we can't sitting down today. We couldn't even blame Tibbs. But it's all good. It's all good. We tried, man. Fire dice, Yashimoto. Nah, we... <laughs> fire dice. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> the fire dice chance have started. <laughs> oh man. I feel like everybody would get dice a chance before Tom next season. I'm not even gonna hold you. <laughs> I feel like that's 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 would be the vibe. Everybody be everybody everybody be ready for dice, man. I'm ready for dice too. All right, but let, let's get into it, man. This game was interesting. It started off a little bit slow. It looked like the Knicks and the Portland Trailblazers had a little bit of the jitters. And they was missing easy shots. But for me, when I was looking at the team, it just, it just looked like one, we couldn't stop. Um, we couldn't stop their two-man game. And two, we couldn't hit shots, man. It seems like the three ball was just not falling flowing for us Quentin Grimes was missing McBride didn't start hitting to the end it just seemed like we never really got together shooting the ball outside of like point blank layups to me I don't know what, what did you see Ryan um yeah it's, it's just funny because Blazers were the only team that for the you know the WF the Blazers were the only team that the Knicks only team lost to this whole some of these season or whatever you want to call it. They lost to the Blazers earlier, then they lost to the Blazers again in the championship. And the one thing that the Blazers did that bothered the Knicks was their defensive pressure and the length of the team. You know, they have a they have a team full of guys with like wingspans like and six eleven, etc. And their defensive pressure just kind of bothered the Knicks a bit. Like you said, the two man game, um by the Knicks as well, especially with Williams and Watford. And I think the Blazers showed the value, the value of a stretch five because the stretch five often, I think Watford, he since often had to come out to guard Watford at the three-point line, yeah, which left Sims away from the basket. And then whenever they missed a shot, Blazers were there to 
with their like gang rebound, get second opportunities, and I think that's that's what killed the Knicks a lot too. But overall, you know, the Knicks, yeah, the Blazers just had the better team, and you know, the, the, I'm still part of the young guys and the way they played. But yeah, the Blazers gave the Knicks a lot of problems today. Yeah, what do you see, Lee? Man, that first quarter when we forced nine turnovers from the Blazers, I was, like, real hot in my group chats, talking mad shit, like, trying to ramp up the niche and win this chip, bring it on home. And then <laughs> really fell apart, especially in the second half. I had a Blazers eight-man rotation, five guys shot over 50%, and they had a six-guy shoot over 45%. So they weren't just hitting it from three. They were hitting it from all over the place. Sims was just getting dragged out to the three-point line, as Ryan said, from their stretch fives. And fours, he can hit threes, and he just was a non-factor on the block. Really had his most disappointing game as a rebounder as well. There's one thing I thought to bet my my savings on: it's Sims getting double-digit rebounds, and I think he only came up with like three a night. You know, um, so the entire team were a bunch of bums, uh, with the exception, in my opinion, about Ferran Hunt had some good energy. wasn't great on the stat line, but he played from the start of the buzzer to the end of the buzzer. He played with 100% energy. Doesn't mean that I don't like Grimes, I don't like McBride, but I saw some lapses energy-wise efficiency-wise uh, from the rest of the roster. Yeah, both of those guys weren't as efficient as he wanted to be. It seemed like – I know it seemed like they was really trying to give it to Brian, Grimes. They were trying to really prevent him from really uh, shooting and taking over the game. And I don't know. I felt like a lot of the times Grimes was – I felt like for the first few quarters at least, Grimes was passing the ball and guys were just missing layups. I was just like, how many – I'm like – for a few times, I'm like, good, good pass, Grimes, blown layup. Oh, good pass, Grimes, oh, blown layup. It, it, to me, it was looking like Grimes was playing point guard a lot of the time. I don't know, was it me? It looked like it was like point Grimes and then McBride sometimes if you felt like it. Like I don't know, was was Bride playing? McBride, was Grimes playing more point guard? Uh, me, me and Ryan were having these discussions like the second, third, and fourth game of summer league. I was critical of Grimes' overall offensive repertoire. He really settled for that three point shot way too much. And even though the stats were great, he was at top five in scoring, I think, like around 23 points per game. Mm-hmm. Most of those points, the wide majority, were coming on the three ball. It wasn't a whole lot of intermediate game. It wasn't a whole lot of drive to the basket. And we really saw, like, RJ year one, bricking at the basket, finishing around the rim from Grimes. I think some major things are not to improve. It was going to be a huge part of the rotation, even more so start. I'm not overreacting to the summer league, but this was game to game repetitive things I saw was Grimes really settling for the three ball took 11 tonight from a, from a perimeter only made two only made four shots I mean five shots overall so that's only three shots he took that weren't three pointers that went in and one of those I know was a late game garbage shot where he's like wide open uh 15 feet away from the basket and hit like a wide open J when they're already down by double digits yeah in general the Knicks shot 24 percent from three which is atrocious uh, McBride I mean McBride two for five for 40 percent uh, Fahrenheit one for two, but that really a lot of that was really Grimes from the yeah. two of eleven, really. So I mean, you you, you could put that one on Grimes. I mean, overall, you not Grimes is not going to be point Grimes for this big of a stretch in the regular season game. Um, sure. So like, there's a lot of things you're not going to see. Like he he's going to be way more effective when he's not on the ball as much, getting more of those threes into rhythm. Or off of a curl or, or things of that nature. I don't think he's not going to see the same type of shots. I don't expect, I don't expect to see these type of percentages kind of translate. But what I'm hoping does translate is some of some of the like off the dribble stuff that he saw, the things that he was working on all season. That's the big that's the big picture for me, and he's improved in that regard. So I'll take I'll take that good from Grimes. 
um, any day of the week, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, I also want to throw in, too, like, you know, like, we do, com- like, we do, you know, complain about grind shot selection and stuff like that, but we also have to consider the fact that, you know, with this summer league team, he was the number one go-to guy. So, you know, defenses were going to focus more on him and, you know, and he's basically seeing defenses he's not going to see during the regular season because during, during the regular season, he's going to play with guys that's going to demand more of the defensive um, attention. So I think, you know, with Grimes' development within summer league and, and the game he played in summer league, I think it'll translate to the regular season where it's like, you know, he'll be, he'll be given more space. Yeah, because of the guys he's playing with on the floor, which means he'll have more wide open threes, so he'll be able to knock those down. I think at a pretty good rate this upcoming season, and also the the improvements he showed with the playmaking and getting to the basket. I think he'll have more space to do that during the regular season with the lineups he'll be playing with. So, you know, I think we have to also keep that in mind too. Like he was, he he's basically going, he's basically seeing defenses that he's not going to see during the regular season, and they're not going to focus on him as much as they did during the summer league. Yeah, man. And I mean, overall, Grimes had a great summer league, and I'm pretty sure Utah is thinking the same thing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we'll get to that later, but I'm pretty sure Utah's like great summer league Grimes. Let's talk about it, Leon. All right. Um, Sims as well. Sims was this was another Sims game where uh, I love this energy, but it's not his usual game. Only four rebounds on a night, but I can't even blame him because he he was forced to kind of guard it outside the perimeter. But um, he still has certain things to work on. But like we see it all summer leagues, it was it was nice to see him kind of like step out of his comfort zone. It's funny mm-hmm. when the game counts. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was I was I have to remember myself. This is just summer league and not to be too invested, and let the kid try something because he tried like some between the legs pull up foul shot, and I'm like, we trying to catch up Sims, and this is not the time to experiment. But like, it is what it is, man. It it is what it is. What it is man. I, I liked what I seen from Sims overall so far. <laughs> oh man, you can go ahead, Lee, if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, I mean. I think Sims has improved his handle in the sense where he's five or eight feet away from the ball basket. He can develop some space between him and his defender, maybe even do like a quick load turnaround. We didn't see any of that last year. It was all, you know, catch and store, lob passes, alley-oops. Now he can actually put the ball on the floor a little bit, one to two dribbles, and then get himself in a position to store. But I mean, to me, that's a huge improvement. That's the type of like stride I want to see for a third straight center who's going to play by 12 to 14 minutes a game. Like, that's all you can really ask for besides development three-point shot which he's not there yet. But I, I've been happy with Sims and Ferran Hunt over two guys that I've liked every minute that they've played during summer league. I just, you know, it's Grimes and McBride I've been a little bit harder on. Uh, yeah, I agree. What, what did you like about Ferran Hunt's game today? Because I don't know. I, I felt like a little frustrated with Ferran Hunt's game today. I don't know. It seemed like he wasn't always making the right decisions to me or he was in, like, the wrong place. And I, He always tries, though. He gives us 100%. That's why I love him. But he, yeah, that's exactly. It. I, I, he always tries, and he never plays outside of his abilities. He understands what he is. He's a guy on the fringes of the NBA, trying to make a team, getting out of a G League, at least sign a two-way contract, you know, or, or at least a, a ten-day with a team after summer league. I think the Knicks will give him a shot this year after giving him some experimentation in, in the G League last year. But he doesn't play outside of himself. I mean, I'm looking at the stats here. You know, he took two three-point shots, only made one of them, fifty percent. He didn't like it on a Grimes level where he's chucking 11 threes and only hitting two. He knew when to stop. And he took them in rhythm. 
and inside of the offensive scheme that Dice Yashimoto was playing. Uh, right. Not too many turnovers either. He's not someone who's going to be handling the ball a whole lot, but he can get downhill. There was one possession where he took it all the way from inbounds pass downhill to score for a layup. And it wasn't just like, oh, everyone gave up because Portland's up by 12. They were crowding him, and he was maneuvering his way around defenders. I think there's some chance there to roll the dice on him as our 14th, 15th out bench. You know, God forbid someone gets injured, he'd come in to pinch and play some ball. But I like the energy and hustle, man. That's what you want to see from a guy who's trying not to get cut. I agree, man. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen with these trades. Listen, it's Donovan Mitchell. We'll talk about the Donovan Mitchell thing, but a lot of these rumors is like, okay, if it gets crazy, who's left? Uh, Ferran Hunt. Ferran <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Hunt, go. Three and D. He can shoot threes and play D, and he can get to the rim, and he has a little bit of athleticism. Some days, <laughs> some nights he looks really good uh, tonight. Um, not not as good, but still, you know, still an active, long guy who plays power forward. But I can still see him play some 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 uh wing, if anything. I don't yeah. know if we have anything to add to that, Ryan. Um, I think he pretty much said it right there. Um. You know, it's a guy that he's going to play with a big energy, um, play defense. You know, his shot selection is usually good. Um, you know, tonight, you know, he had some trouble scoring at the rim, but it's like, which Nick didn't have trouble shooting at the rim tonight with, you know, with the yeah. way the Blazers were we <laughs> playing defense. Yeah, so, um, so you really can't put that on Hunt. But, um yeah, I mean, he has been one of the better performance on the team this summer league, and I am looking forward to hopefully seeing him getting a chance with the um, Knicks roster this upcoming season. Right. Um, I'd rather he play than uh, Kills. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he needs he, he to go to the G League. He, he needs some time there. <laughs> man. Woof. I'm giving this man. Watchers. Hmm? He was needs some Weight Watchers from one big boy to another big boy. His motor, his hustle, his offensive awareness, all of it is bogged down by his excess weight. And really, he's, he's a really solid facilitator. I got to give him credit. I think his best attribute is ability to see the floor and pass and find open cutters and open three ball guys on the corners. But outside of that, he was an embarrassment on the court. I mean, dude just has no motor. He doesn't try, die for loose balls. For on hunt, and him are the perfect counterbalance to each other. Everything I loved about Ferran Hunt, from a guy who just needs to do that to stay on the team, you didn't see that at all from Keels. It's really, it turns on the laziness, man. Man, I've seen the fake closeout from Keels all day today. You know, like the, I'm going to run to the three-point yeah. line, and it, never mind. I, like, I see, <laughs> he's like, I just see him raise his hand, run, <laughs> and then, like, yeah. run away. I'm just like, how many fake hustle plays can you do in a game he had if that was a stat like a fake fake closeouts he would lead the league in fake closeouts because he fake yeah. closed out all night tonight and then when the game was on a line we, we had cut it to like five points i believe and kills had the ball i was like no 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 <laughs> yeah he went to the hole and kind of like rolled off the rim I, I i was done i was done with kills i mean he, thankfully we've hit on a lot of we've hit on a lot of draft picks and we can wait on this one, and hopefully uh, he, he comes to fruition a little later. The Dice played him 20 minutes, and I think when he's in those four-minute increments, he just tired after about a minute, minute and a half. He's already spent. And for the rest of the time he's in there, it's, it's four on five. Yeah, man, you can't be like me, man. You can't, you can't play in four-minute increments and run out of gas, all right? You're an NBA player, all right? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta get your cardio up, and Tips is not gonna is not gonna have that, man. <laughs> like I said, my man spends time in the G League, and I'm hoping two to three years time. I you know I see him get it, and then I look at him, and I'm like, oh, so this is what they saw in him when they drafted him. And I'm hoping that's the case. 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 Yo, shout, yo, shout out to the chat real quick. Shout out to Vice Chops. He says only Sims showed up. Yeah, and Sims look kind of kind of pissed today. I ain't gonna hold you. He looked he looked mad. Uh, Vibe says Brimes didn't show up. I mean, the jump shot. His jump that. shot stayed home. I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> Grimes' jump shot stayed home. He showed up. He tried. He played. He plays defense. He he. Mm-hmm. He, he, I agree you know, with that. He played, he played defense. He tried to take it to the hole. He tried to set up teammates. The jump shot wasn't falling. This is the day we really needed it to fall. Because every it got to a point when whenever Portland was open for an open three, they was hitting it. And it was like they was hitting theirs, and we wasn't missing ours. Yeah. So, yeah, we needed yeah. that. I just wanted to see half shots be three-pointers, not more than half. He took 16 shots, 11 threes. Hit that down to 50% of your shots from a three-point line. Mix it up a little bit to hit the hole. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, and um, McBride, man, it's, I, I feel weird talking about McBride because I feel like he didn't. Because, you know, when you compare McBride last year to G.D. McBride to this McBride, like McBride didn't really get like the full-time point guard duties to me. So it's like really weird to evaluate him. He, and he did solid job. He definitely did a solid job. But I don't know. It kind of gives me a, kind of like an inkling on the priority here. You know what I mean? Like the coaching staff and the coaches are really prioritizing Grimes for McBride, which I mean is not a surprise. But mm-hmm. overall, solid job from McBride. I still wanted to see him get to the whole more. I seen him get to the whole one game, which was the game before, um, and with some success. He tried it today. He, he kind of drew some offensive fouls trying to go to the hole. But I appreciate the effort because that's really, really what I really want to see from McBride is him mixing up not just the jump sh- shooting but going to the hole as well. Even though today we probably need the jump shooting more. <laughs> to be yeah. Honest, <laughs> to be honest with you, we probably need the jump shooting even more today from McBride than the, than going to the hole. I don't know. What, what do you think about that, Ryan? Um. Yeah, McBride. You know, McBride's always giving solid performances. You know, always playing with a lot of energy. Always giving a lot of energy on defense. You know, I agree with you. You know, I, I could have definitely, you know, you, I could have definitely, um, I, well, I could say, I definitely wanted to see McBride actually drive to the basket more, but even, but on a day like today, with the way the Blazers were playing defense, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to really put on McBride like that. You know, I'm not going to really be hard on him, you know, saying that he should have got to the basket more, whatever the case may be. You know, I think McBride, Played a pretty decent game. Yeah. Seeing seeing how the game went, you know, I think I think McBride put in a pretty solid performance. I think they really forced us to really make jumpers today. It was like you either cutting through three people in a hole or you gotta make a jumper. That's that's yeah. it. so like this well. Even though I do want to see McBride get to the hole more, this might have been not being a game for that. This might have been a game for jump shots in general. But um, yeah, I digress. So unless you have anything else, at least we can we can keep this conversation moving. Yeah, McBride's been solid. I think he's more of a two than he is a one. He just happens to be short, so we put him in point guard positions. But a lot of these players, the entire summer league's been playing without a true point guard out there. McBride's been doing a pretty good job impersonating one. 
Um, I, I've been happy with the defense he's playing. The energy he brings is a solid rebounder for his size, but he's not a true facilitator. Um, he, he did better than expected for me throughout the summer league. Yeah, I think he. I think he passes the ball. It's, it's, it's just that one. It's that one skill of just getting to the hole and breaking down the defense, and like that. It's just that one thing. But I think he he's he's the type of guy who will move the ball if he needs to move the ball. Like he's had a nine. He had a few nine assist game and high assist games in the G League. So I think he has that. He just. If he unlocks that one part of his game, and you can, it's just all when you don't have the suit, when you don't have the speed, it's, then it's all about shiftiness and angles and things of that nature. You know what I mean? It's and for having Brunson too, I think the same way quickly got better as a facilitator playing against Derrick Rose. Now McBride's going to have some opportunities playing against an actual real point guard instead of a small forward pretending to be a point guard. I think he'll, he'll increase his facilitating as well. Man, looking at Brunson, McBride, and R- RJ in particular, man. I think RJ, the way that Brunson's footwork works, I feel like RJ can really stand to look for it because because Brunson is such like a he use, like he's a small guard who uses his strength with the footwork, and RJ has the strength part down pack. So I think Brunson and RJ, RJ just watching Brunson for a season, I think is going to help RJ out a lot. A lot if you really start to pay attention and trains with him because they kind of have similar like he can really mimic his game off of Brunson's low key like because Brunson isn't super quick either he just bulldozes people uses footwork and shoots the rock like there there it is for you laid out blueprint right there for you in your backyard RJ Barrett <laughs> you know what I mean but yo let's get to it though man shout out to everybody in the chat so far um. I'm gonna touch on some. I'm going to touch on some Donovan McNich, um, Donovan Mitchell news. I'm about to say Donovan McBride, Donovan Mitchell <laughs> news, <laughs> and some news that came out since our last conversation. All right, so first, first and foremost, shout out to the Don Leon Rose because this Don, this Donovan Mitchell Knicks conversation has been going on in the behind the scenes for a minute, and it's come out. That uh, the Utah Jazz have asked for Mitch Robinson, R.J. Barrett, and three first par- three first round picks, and Leon Rose said hell to the no, said no, shut it down. So first shots, he's not having it. I love this man. This man is not going to give up too much. So everybody who's worried about R.J. Barrett leaving, R.J. Barrett is not going anywhere. I don't care what ESPN says. R.J. Barrett is here to stay. And now that Mitchell Robinson has signed with the New York Knicks, he can't even be traded until, what, December or January? So, uh, and I I don't think a if a Mitchell deal happens, it's going to be before the, before the season starts. So Mitchell will be here to stay. All right. Um, also in that article was uh, Utah expressed interest in Quentin Grimes. Which is interesting because when we was talking about this earlier, we was like, well, maybe this is, this is the guy we probably should keep. You know what I mean? Because of uh, our deficiencies uh, with the height and defense, the defensive concern. So, um, how, guys, how do you feel about Quentin Grimes being included in a trade package? Do you feel like it's a deal breaker or should we try to steal, steer the conversation to somebody else? Um, what do you feel about a package centered around Quentin Grimes? I'll start with you. I'm okay with it. I, I don't see Grimes as, a, as an untouchable piece. I like him. I think he's going to be 
he gets my vote for the guy who should start uh, this upcoming season in, in place of Fournier. But I'm not going to not push the button for a Donovan Mitchell trade because of Quentin Grimes. It's, for me, the line is saying it's Obi Toppin and R.J. Barrett, of which you guys I don't want to give up. I want Because I want those guys to play next to Spida, not because I think they're better than, than Donovan Mitchell. I want to see them as a unit together uh, in its jerseys. But Quentin Grimes, I think, is going to be one of the centerpieces, along with Emmanuel Quickly, that will go back in this trade eventually goes down uh, the, to, to speak on that part too. There was also another trade that got shut down between Utah and New York for six first rounders, a combination of swaps and picks and then quickly OB Grimes. And I think McBride was in that conversation. No, as well. no, you know, no way. No. And uh, I agree with that as well. Mm, quickly. OB. That's our whole, that's our whole heart right there. That's the whole bench yeah. mob. As Bra would yeah. say, mob, the whole mob deep would be going to the Utah. Hell, oh man, no. Well, Amadon shut it down. Two for two. Two for two, man. Playing defense like with Tumble over here. Remember when Tumble was on the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, swat that. Yeah, swat those trade offers away. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> Hell to the non. Nah. I, I definitely wouldn't do that either. I'm not even sure. I'm, I don't know how true this is. What were you going on? Have you, because there's been rumors flying everywhere. There's been like fake accounts posting rumors. Did you hear anything about Grimes and OBR done deal to go? I've been seeing that floating around, but I have no idea the fl- the uh, validity of that. I haven't seen, I haven't seen Ian Begley's mention it or anything. At all. That's the first time I'm hearing that. Yeah, I mean, if Ian ain't posting it, if Woj ain't posting it, I don't believe it. So. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Because my heart stopped when I heard Obi's name. That's all. Because if Obi's gone, I'm like, damn, we really, really are committing to Randall for. Yep. And and that's it. Which I I I do not. <laughs> I would not like. I would not like. <laughs> but listen. So, so here's the deal, guys. According to Ian Begley. Um, Utah knows where the Knicks stands. The Knicks know where Utah stands, and and it, likely a deal is not going to be done soon. They see they're going to be they're going to go back to each other probably in a week or two, or a deal might be done before the season starts. This can drag out. Uh, we already know Leon is a pretty stubborn guy, uh, <laughs> and Denny Ainge is the same. So this can drag out. This can literally drag out. So it's going to be a wait and see. Now I don't know. Like I said before, there's other teams who might want to make that trade, like me, the Miami Heat. Um, but they really don't have a package that can compare with us, really. Uh, I know they, w- they would have to actually trade for first-round picks. And if they actually do trade for first-round picks, we can simply just take take one out the chest, out the treasure chest. And by by them trading, trading their assets for another first-round there, they're depleting their own assets. So I, I think that's too much of a risky game for them to even play, knowing that we're in play. So um, it's looking very, very real that Donovan Mitchell is coming to the Knicks. And I feel like he knows it too. That's why he's canoodling in with the Brooklyn Cyclones and he was having dinner with IQ and things like that. On the next game, throwing first pitches at the match. Yeah. Yeah, playing pop smoke in the Lambo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Getting that true New York energy under here with the pop smoke in the Lambo. I, I, it seems like a done deal to me. It seems like a done deal to me. But the real question is, and I know Lee had talked about this earlier, Let's is go. 
is um <clears throat> how much is he worth? Do you is he really a super? Is he a superstar? I'm a, I'm gonna let like Lee brought this to the table earlier before in pre pre production setting up. So I'm gonna let Lee set up this question. Go ahead. Lee. Uh, the question popped in my head after watching ESPN pretty much dawed all over Donovan Mitchell. Now that the Knicks are involved in trade rumors, so now he's just you know a chuck and bum that 25 points per game mean nothing. Now he gets all the shots. He sits one like have a droopy Knicks like a small backboard. Same old, same old, LOL, Knicks for clicks. I mean, it, it's, moving the goalposts. <laughs> so it made, made me think, though, in, in realistic terms, three knowledgeable Knicks fans, where do we rank Donovan Mitchell to other stars in the NBA? Is he tier one with Katie, LeBron, Giannis, Luka? Is he tier two more with the Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal? Is he tier three with Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, Darius Garland? Me personally, I think he's tier two. I mean, he's a guy that you can get on your team and take you to the playoffs every single year as the best player on the team. Doesn't mean you're the one seed, even though he, the, Utah was one seed at one time with him as the best player. But I think you can be top four, top five, certainly in the East with Donovan Mitchell as your best player and maybe get out of the first round, depending on what pieces you have around him. Um, I would put him as a second star, not a first, and obviously not someone you mortgage your entire future to get. How do y'all feel? Um. I would say tier two as well. I was trying to think about th- who 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 do you say is that tier that third tier? The Zach Levines. Yeah, the... I put Le- Jalen Brown, Darius Garland, Brandon Ingram tier three. I put Jimmy Butler, Devin Butcher, Bradley Beal tier two. Got you, got you. Trey Young tier two. Like I would put him in that. I would put him in that Bradley Bealish tier. To me, yeah. I'll put him in the Bradley Bealish tier. Because and the thing is, when I'm looking at his body of work and what he did in Utah, like Utah was like a number one team in the West for, you know what I mean? They yep. so because they were a number one team in the West and he was the guy there. I can't really put him in a tier three situation. Um, and even when you compare who, who's in that who's in that tier two, you said Bradley Bill. Like I put him over Bradley Bill in my eyes. I even though Bradley Bill is a beast, but what has Bradley Bill done for the Wizards? You know what I mean? Like the Wizards haven't really been they've been bottom tier, they haven't been top in the East with even with Bradley Bill. Yeah, I, would, I think him and Jimmy Butler to me are like side by side, the same level player. Jimmy's better all around, much better defensively, but I think Donovan Mitchell's a better scorer, better right. offensive a better facilitator um, than, than Jimmy. But I, I think that if you swap them, I think Miami gets to East Conference Finals with Donovan Mitchell in place of Jimmy Butler. In this round so? That's interesting. That, why, yeah. do you, why do you – see, I'm a Jimmy guy. I'm a Jimmy guy. So, I don't know. I put I, – it's funny. I put Jimmy a little bit above Donovan only because – only because of uh, – I think it's the experience and the – He's gone farther to me in the playoffs. Like he's gone farther to me in the playoffs, so I count that. And his ability to like take over, take over. He just needs help to me. And the thing, you know what? The same could be said about Donovan too. Like Donovan needs help as well. So the same could be said. But I, I do feel like Jimmy Butler has done a little bit more um, with his talent as far as like playoffs and. As far as a playoff run, I feel like Jimmy Butler's done a little bit more. And I feel like when the game has been on the line, I've seen Jimmy Butler do it more times than 
Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs anyway, which is why I, I would put today, at least I would put Jimmy Butler over Donovan Mitchell. Anyway. I'm not going to argue that. I think Jimmy's done more with a better team and a much better coach, though. True. Yeah, like when when you when you saw Jimmy do with the 76ers and then you saw him what he did with, with the Miami Heat, I'm like, I have to go Jimmy over Donovan. Now, can Donovan surpass Jimmy? Um, maybe. It's it's gonna be harder for him because I know when it comes to guards, it's harder in general for guards to kind of surpass I feel like it's hard for, for strong guards to surpass a strong wing for the most part. Like it happens. I feel like the only time it can really happen is if a guard can like really shoot the lights out from three, which is which is why like people like Dame and Steph are like regarded higher to me, which is why I have, and which is kind of why I'm, I'm high on quickly because even though he's not on that Dame Steph level, I'm not saying, it, but like I mean, my my irrational Nick mind is like, oh maybe. Just maybe he can start to like hit those threes at that rate and, and cause havoc too, but but be a smaller version of that. So, but um, the thing that Donovan has to lean on though is his body size, you know. So like, because he's a bigger guard, um, and they maybe not like Luca big, but he can still find a way as a guard to punish people because of his size, like Luca, like Jalen Brunson. Uh, and he's and he's more athletic, so he has a chance to to pass him. But um, I don't know. He has to kind of carve out his own niche there a little bit. To me, wait, then Ryan have a tiebreaker, huh? Yeah, Ryan, what do you got to say? <laughs> well, between Jimmy Butler and Donovan Mitchell, yeah, and also, what do you think about like where Donovan ranks as well? Um, well, right now, I definitely would put Jimmy Butler over Donovan Mitchell as of right now, and I think it's. For the reasons that JL has said, like Jimmy Butler to me is a is a more all around player than Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is definitely the better scorer. I'll definitely give him that over Jimmy Butler. But I think Jimmy Butler is a better overall player, and I've seen Jimmy Butler step up way too many times in the playoffs for me to really put Donovan Mitchell over him. So if I have to choose between Jimmy Butler and Donovan Mitchell at the moment, I'm putting I'm putting Jimmy Butler over him. But at the same time, Donovan Mitchell is young. You know, so Donovan Mitchell has time. So maybe within time, Donovan Mitchell can get to that level. But, yeah, I'm putting Jimmy Butler over him at the moment. But um, overall, with Donovan Mitchell, I do see him as tier two. I don't see him as that tier one. You know, I definitely see him as, like, that guy that's an all-star where, you know, if he is the best player on your team, he can lead your team to the playoffs. Like, I think that is definitely Donovan Mitchell is just that if he's your best player, the farthest you're going to go is probably the first or second round exit. You know, you're definitely, you're definitely going to need another star player alongside Donovan Mitchell to really put your team over the top, which is the reason why when it comes to trade talks with, about Donovan Mitchell, I don't want to mortgage my whole future for him because I already know the Knicks are going to have to make another move alongside that Donovan Mitchell move if, move if they're serious about challenging for a title in the future. So, you know, those moves where, you know, they're talking about the Knicks giving up six picks and, like, four players for Donovan Mitchell, I wouldn't be for that type of trade because I'm like, I still need some assets here to make another move to get to put the Knicks over the top. So, I mean, I, I, know, this, I know Ian said that, you know, 
Danny Age knows where Leon is at, and Leon knows where Danny Age is at, but I'm just hoping that Leon can get it to a point where the Knicks will, because I know to get Donovan Mitchell here, the Knicks are going to have to give up something significant. Right. There's no way the Knicks are going to get Donovan Mitchell here on a bargain, but I would hope that it would be a type of trade where the Knicks at least have some assets left over where if they need to make a future move to put them over the top, they can make that future move. And well said. I agree. And shout out, shout out to Kanal Ben Loya, who says, uh, I don't, who says, um, you know what? That's why we got RJ here. You know? <laughs> That's why we have RJ here. Maybe RJ can be that wing. And RJ, this this is going to be one of those, This man, this is going to be an interesting year. This year is going to be very interesting to see where RJ fits in this because, like, I, I don't think you can win in the NBA without, like, like a wing who can punish you. And RJ is that. But then we also could be in a situation where we have two guards who can punish you, which we haven't really had that since uh, <laughs> since that fall Marbury and Steve Francis. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm laughing because Lee sent me the image of Stephon and Lee. And he was just like, part uh, two coming to That's far more. Very deep friends. It's good old days. It's good old days. <laughs> Damn, that's a PTSD flashbacks with that one, bro. Oh, uh, it did not work. It did not. I remember watching that movie going, but they're the same guy almost. It was like, yeah. crazy. Uh, oh, man. But yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, RJ. I want to see what RJ does with this team, man. And how the shots, once again, and how the shots going to be distributed once again with RJ, Jalen Brunson, and Donovan Mitchell here. That's, and, oh, yeah, and Julius Randle. Remember that guy? That's the thing. That's what worries me is that we're going to mortgage draft picks and young players and bring Donovan Mitchell into a situation of unresolved tension with Julius Randle and unresolved roles. Like, what's the pecking order? How does Randle see himself with Donovan Mitchell on the team? It truly worries me. Mortgage all that, ta- all those assets, and bring them in. And Randall Steer is still here on the roster. Low key, Obi Toppin fits better with that starting lineup for sure. To me. 100%. I mean, at least offensively, the only thing I can say is Randall gives you the rebounds because uh, because Obi doesn't rebound. But when it comes to like touches and like Obi's gonna move the ball, Obi's gonna run the floor. Like I feel like in all other aspects of the game, he's gonna. He I feel like he fits with that first squad better. That's just me. But that's just me. Um, we got a call. He doesn't need the ball to dominate. What'd you say? He doesn't need the ball to dominate like like Julius Randle does. I mean, you really it's like who, who's gonna hit the rock the majority of a game? You got Brunson who needs needs his on ball, Donovan who's on ball, Randall who's on ball. It's like oh man, that's headache. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and shout out, I got to I, I found this list, uh, top fifty players list. Right now they got I see Donovan Mitchell. They have him at fifteen. Having fifteen in the top in today's NBA. Uh, when did this article come out? Let's see. Is that the athletic ranking? When did this article come out? This article came out. I'm trying to check. While I'm checking, you know, we can go to JT. I know we got callers online. If you want to call, dial 319-527-6241. If you don't know what the number is, if you look on the screen, right under the score, you can see the phone number to call in. You call in right there. Um, first caller up is JT. JT, let us know. 
What you want to talk about, sir? Yeah. 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 What up, JT? Yeah, I've been meaning to call in for been meaning to call in for a while, but just been busy. Um, this whole well, starting off at the beginning of the show, I wanted that summer league chip. I wanted it yeah, bad, yeah. but yeah, you know, man. hey, it's, it's, it's summer league. Uh, you know, Portland had our number, but yeah. of course, the hot topic that everybody just keeps talking about this Donovan Mitchell thing. I. Like, I, I don't want it to happen off the strength of no one. We don't have, like, um, shout-outs to – I'm sorry, I, the 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 other panelists. He said it best. We don't really have the most, like, defined roles, and we don't know how it's going to fit. We don't know how it's going to fit with Julius because I don't see Julius going anywhere. So, like, is, how, is Julius going to be ready to give the man to, especially now RJ want to take the step? Like, we don't know what's going on. We don't know how it's going to be. So that's kind of why with something like this is kind of like, I know everybody keeps saying, you know, people who are super pro this trade is like, oh, we'll just figure it out. We'll just figure it out. We ain't got no choice, but it's kind of like, that's kind of what one of the biggest things that's like, that's very concerning. It's along with mortgage in the whole future, because of course you bring in Donovan Mitchell. Now you're in win now mode. Like, like don't care what nobody say. You're in win now mode because you have Donovan Mitchell, who is a multiple time, you know, a multiple time all-star, et cetera, et cetera. So if, like, I'm always saying, if we have to make this trade, if this is going to happen, if this inevitably, inevitably is going to happen, you cannot get rid of both your assets and your young players because we have too many, you know, we have too many holes in our whole scheme that it won't, they won't take us over, you know, over to the top and make, make us competitive for a very long time. And then also the money. Like, are you comfortable with Julius Randle, Donovan Mitchell, and Jalen Brunson, and R.J. Barrett as, like, your guys for the next four years? And yeah. especially with Julius, yeah, especially with Julius, is we don't know because if his and the whole thing with him is, is just the attitude, the attitude what's in between the ears. That's pretty much what it all comes down to. So that's just that's just what my concern is. Other than that, bringing in like if everything matches well, because you know also fit, fit is very important. People keep looking at stats and all that stuff, but if these guys don't fit, then it's just not going to work. We've seen it happen too many times. Yeah. So if it has to happen, unfortunately, the reason why I'm like we got to get rid of Grimes, but we have to find a way to keep Cam because you're either gonna you're either gonna go with trusting Grimes' development, or you're gonna go with the guy that's already there now, and it's gonna be Mitch. And then as far as who else is like comfortably get rid of, I, it's hard to say because you want to say you know of course I'm an Obi guy, but it's like okay we'd have to get rid of Obi, but now it's like well how's it gonna feel with Randall if Randall you know, shits the bed, you're and you're like, okay, you might as well have just kept Obi. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then, and not in the sense of talent-wise, but it just doesn't, like, it's even worse now because now the only thing that may happen that it could help out Randall is now the attention won't be on Randall as much because you have, now you have Donovan Mitchell. So it may help him, but it's hurt him. But it's also for him, it's like, again, like we always say, the biggest concern is before this Mitchell thing happened, was he ready to, like, take a step back because he was just, you know, the king of New York two years ago, and we don't know how his ego would, you know, how his ego would process that. So it's it's very it's a it's a sticky situation. It's a worldwide mess out here as always in these yeah. Knicks streets. Yeah. And I just it's not yeah, it's just something that I'm just I don't know because we have too many question marks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Shout and shout out to World Wide West. Yeah. Shout out to World Wide West. Everywhere <laughs> anyway, we leave the World Wide West. Yeah, man. <laughs> so it's a mess out here. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony trade. Think about when that trade happened. There were a lot of unresolved questions. We didn't have a point guard. 
we were bringing in Carmelo, who was, you know, for all intended purposes, a ball stopping ISO player for my Dan Tony's run and done system. And we had no depth to surround those two guys once you brought them in, who had overlapping games between Anthony and Stoudemire. This is very similar. Bringing in Donovan Mitchell, who has an overlapping game with Brunson in terms of the way that they play, right. their height, their size. And there's question marks about Randall. What's his role? Is he the second star? Is he the third? Is he the fourth? If RJ moves up, now that we have Brunson, all playing for a coach that's very elementary when it comes to offense. Thibodeau is not known for having offensive schematics where you can make guys work and make guys fit. He funnels everything to the point guard and lets the point guard figure it out. And there's a lot to figure out for it's a brand a new lot. It's a lot. It's like, and, is, is that part? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's a, so all those things worry me. And if we're going to get Mitchell, I want it to be for a fleece. Like the entire NBA is like, damn, they got him for nothing. Like, we basically <laughs> the way. You know, I agree. You know, Danny Ainge is he's a smart dude, and he rips off every team he does deals with. So it really worries me moving forward with all these unanswered questions. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I just want to add this because this is the reason why I don't want the next I don't want the next mortgage mortgage their future for Donovan Mitchell because. If you bring Donovan Mitchell here, there are a lot of concerns that JT said and what Lee said, because first and foremost, you have to think about the small backcourt. You know, defensively, how is that going to work, especially for the defensive coach and Thibs? How is that going to work out? And then on top of that, you have Randall in that lineup as well, and Randall's not known as a great defender as well. So that's right there. That's three players that are not known for defense in your lineup right there. So that's a concern as well. But this is the reason why I want the Knicks to to see if they can try to get Donovan Mitchell here while keeping some of their assets because the number one thing is you get the talent here. So once Donovan Mitchell is here, you figure it out from there. So now when Donovan Mitchell's here and you give it a try, you know, you have Donovan Mitchell out there and you, you run him out there with Brunson, Randall, RJ, Mitch, you see how it goes. Okay, if you see that the small backcourt is not going to work, at least, you know, you have to, I, you're going to have to make a year or two go by where Brunson is going to probably become more valuable in a trade. And hopefully you can trade Brunson and a few other pieces and get, like, another big wing here. Like, a you know, a wing that's going to play defensively. And then you're going to have Mitchell here with two defensive wings and RJ and another wing. And then if Randall is still here or not, you know, Obi or whatever, Mitch, you have a better defensive team. So now you have that main score at Mitchell and you have a better defensive team surrounding him. So now you have a better chance of winning the future. Like the, the the main idea is just to get Mitchell here, then figure it out. But at the same time, don't mortgage your future. At least leave the Knicks flexible enough to where if changes need to be made in the future to make the team better and make the team more competitive to win that title, then that's what you have to do. But if you mortgage the future, then you're going to depend on just Mitchell, RJ, Brunson, and Randall, et cetera, to carry the load. And if that doesn't work out, then it's like, what the hell? What the hell you mortgage your future for? Yeah, you know Pretty what I mean. Have to so, wait like three years. Yeah, to, so uh, it's, to start to make another move, unless I'm, that's I'm, what happened with the trade. We signed Tyson Chandler, and that was a team we had for like three years. Yeah. You know, with very little ability to get better and maneuver. We had, we had we had no leverage at all after that. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really what it is. We have to wait like three years to make another move, especially with Julius Randle and Brunson on the books. I'm more concerned yeah. about Julius Randle than anything, but <laughs> I, I still like the idea of moving him to to the Hornets. And I shout out to Ken. I know Ken was talking about even moving him to um to Indiana. 
You know, what I mean? <laughs> that was a bonus replacement. Exactly, a bonus replacement. Since you know they they missed out on eight, and it's like maybe they were like that. I don't know, but who knows? But um, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, yo, shout out to everybody. Shout shout to Canal Ben Loyal, Sherwin M, JT, Be Civilized, and R Mac. Everybody else is rocking the KT show. He says, "Don't." Somebody said, "Don't forget about Fournier." I'm hoping Fournier. I mean, well, Fournier, Fournier probably is going to go in the deal. I would think for the money, just to match, just to match salaries. I would think Fournier is going. I would think. Yeah, I agree. He has to. I mean, who else? Derrick Rose and like seven other contracts right. on minimal deals. The math only works with either Rose or Fournier as a centerpiece at this point with Burks and Noel gone. Exactly. It's like either going to be Fournier and Rose or together, or it's going to be like Julius Randle and Hicks and something. So. I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure Fournier's please <laughs> exactly. Black Which is sad that's all the Fournier hive, man. I mean, I might be the only one in that hive. I mean he did decent, man. He he played it out, he played out his contract. He I yeah. mean he's slightly overpaid, but not that much. But he's I pretty did. much he, he but it is what it is. He did a he did a decent job. He he didn't play yeah. defense, but he shot the lights out and walked out of here with a, a three point record for the Knicks. So it is what it is. <laughs> all right. All right, man. All right. I mean, I think, um, listen, man, we talked about this concept enough. Next time we're here, we'll probably be talking about a Donovan Mitchell trade, all right? <laughs> and the details of that trade, and we'll probably either be crying or cheering <laughs> or a combination of both. Leon but, uh, Rose, baby. Exactly. But Leon Rose, man, this is this is your time. This is your time to shine. This is the time with your negotiation hat on. Do not fold, all right? Do not fold. Say no with your chest, all right? And listen, I freelance for a long time. I freelance artist. I've walked away from plenty of t- things. I was like, this does not make sense for me. Uh, I gotta walk away. Leon, don't be afraid to walk away. They gotta tank. That's all I'm gonna say. Utah has to tank. If Utah makes all these moves for picks and don't tank. They're gonna look crazy. They're gonna sit. They're gonna sit down with Mitchell for the whole year. Like they're gonna want to move him. So Good those point. guys are gonna be motivated to make a deal. So um, let's not overpay and have him, like ESPN say, make the the best, the greatest haul in NBA history. Nah, we don't. We don't need those problems. We don't need that. <laughs> all right, all right. So shout out to the shout out to the chat once again. Steve Lai, C. Williams, and everybody else, Kanal Baloya. Uh, this is a good time to wrap up the show. If you like the show, please hit the like button, the subscribe button, and thank you guys for watching. And like I said, next time we be here, we'll probably be here talking about um, a Knicks trade that went down for Donovan Mitchell. Um, but also stay tuned. I'm working on something um, separate from this that hopefully you guys get to see in the following weeks. And uh, so it's definitely stay tuned to the KOT show for different type of content. All right. All right. All right, Lee. Lee, let him know where they can find you, sir. No doubt. Uh, I got some pieces from Deadspin posting this week. One of them is uh, every every state that has NBA talent who would win in a bracket tournament, uh, state to state. And the other one is going to be NBA's best fans for every team. Nice. So you might see some familiar faces in that one. Nice, so nice. And, and post in toasting. Nice, nice, nice. So shout out to my guy Lee. Posting and toasting. Alright. He does good work. Ryan. Yes, sir. Let me know where he can find you, sir. 
You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That is S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. Content is coming on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. You need financial advice. I'm a financial agent. You can hit me up through my DMs on any of my social media accounts, and we can definitely set up an appointment. And it's funny because, you know, I read the comments, right? I just want to say this before we get off. I read the comments, right? And Sherwin is a huge Julius Randle supporter. And he said Julius Randle's 18th in the NBA in, the, in defense. I'm looking at the stats right now. I don't see this man nowhere near the top 18 in defense. Oh. So, I'm, so I'm wondering where he gets the stats from because I'm really, like, looking this up right now. And I'm like, I do not see it. So what is it? Is it defensive rating? Like, is it defensive win shares? Like, what? What stat are you going by? This is Ryan that shows G. That, that shows that Julius Randle is 18th in the league in defense. Please tell me what stat you are going by. Please. <laughs> this this is Ryan G. Because guys. because because look, I watched this man's effort on the court, and there is no way this man's the 18th best best defender in the NBA. I'm sorry, the eye test does not see that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My job, man with the stats and the facts. Got the stats. Yeah, yeah. That's why he was looking. I was like, "Why is Ryan looking down?" He was he was getting the stats together. He says, "Before I hang it up for the summer, let me tell you this." No, because I'm sorry if Julius Randle is the 18th best defender in the league. That's when the stats go out the freaking window. That's why I don't trust stats anymore. Because I does not prove that. I'm sorry. Oh, man. I just don't prove that. I'm sorry. What year was that? There was one year where he was a good defender. That was the year when the arena was empty. Retweeting stories from Ballsat Sports for I'm inside. Wherever those stats hey, uh, came from, a legitimate story. I wasn't even being funny. I was being legit. Like the year when there was no fans. He was pretty good at defense. He was. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying we came to this on last year. And last year, his defensive stats are not good. So I'm just wondering where is he getting these stats from? Because I'm looking at the stats right here on NBA.com. I do not see it. He was playing. I just don't. That was his Drew League stats from last year. I don't know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for those stats and facts, Ryan G. All right. You already know what it is, man. You listen to us on, also, on, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You could also buy our KOT snapbacks at nicktonshow.com slash catalog. And also follow us on Twitter at the KOT show and Instagram at the Nick of Time Show and Facebook as well at the Nick of Time Show. All right. All right. That is our show. And man, as always, jeez. Shut out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Ryan G left a mess out here, guys. That is our show. <laughs> <laughs> we are out of here. <laughs> <laughs>